Hello and welcome to the Strength to be Human podcast with your host, poet and playwright, Mark Anthony Rossi. In this, our third year, we continue to explore the meaning of being an artist in an ever-changing digital world. Now, without further ado, here is your host. Hi folks, and welcome back to Strength to be Human. I'm your host, Mark Anthony Rossi, poet and playwright. This is episode 195. It's about the words. I know. I, I, I never thought I would, I would have the show, which was about writing, and I actually have to emphasize words. I mean, this is where we've gotten, unfortunately, in society, where we have a number of writers that I come across, or who even ask me questions, or do strange things. They have nothing to do with writing. They have nothing to do with words. And they let that become obstacles, or they let that become an obsession, or they just let that become something other than being a writer. Now, I understand that in the modern age, we have to be more than a writer. We have to also be an editor. Sometimes we have to be a, a bit of a marketer. You know, we got to be a uh, a social psychologist half the times and, 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 and a soothsayer on the other times. I got that. I understand. But I'm talking about people that literally have allowed things to interrupt their writing to the point to where they don't even think about the words anymore. They're always thinking about all these other things. Now, we got a number of topics we could talk about on this show. One of the, one of the first ones that I come across is this strange prejudice where you got folks here that don't like electronic books. So all they can never do is get published print. Although a lot of these folks here publish in electronic journals all the time. They just don't want electronic books. God forbid something's wrong with that. If I don't have a print book, I'm not successful. If I don't have a print book, I'm not a writer. If I don't have a print book, I'm not impressing my family. And these are, these are some of the problems that writers have now in the 21st century. They're, they're trapped up in their own short-sightedness and even their own prejudices. Worry, worry about your family. Worry about your writing. Because... It's about the words. And it really doesn't matter if the words blaze across a rocket ship going to Mars in an electronic book that anybody can read on their phone. I mean, that's even more convenient than, than a regular print book. It doesn't matter. It could be out there on a blimp and you have a poem out there. The whole point is you're getting it out there so that people can access it and read it. Because it's about the words. It's not about the vehicle it's delivered in. So I'm I'm always surprised when when I hear people tell me that they'll they'll write me an email. Yeah, I'm just trying to hold off for a print book, Mark, because I got a couple of invitations for electronic books, but I don't like that. That's a fad. I, it'll probably go away. Well, let me tell you something, folks. The ebook's been out for over 25 years. Okay, Kindle's made billions of dollars off of it. They they create the first real marketable ebook reader. It has a huge market uh, share out there for people who read books. They read them through electronically, through readers or through their phones or, or even through their computers uh, or tablets. It's not going anywhere. If it hasn't died already, it's not dying anytime soon. And why is that? Because it's inexpensive. Because it's so portable. Because it's a good way for people to get out their message. 
That's the reason why. So to turn down a legitimate avenue for to get your your writing out there to me is not only short sighted. It, it's just you're shooting yourself in the foot, and then you're wondering why you can't win an Olympic race. Well, you shot yourself in the foot, so you're not going to be going too far with one leg. That's why. Uh, another thing that we got some folks to get involved in over here, and I can't understand, you know, for the for the life of me. Um, you got folks out here that they worry more about images and how that can help promote their work than anything else. You know, I've had a case where somebody was more more worried about the the cover art of a book than the writing in their book. It's just a piece of art. Yeah, you got to have something that's kind of interesting, but you can't overthink it. You, you, you're never going to get it perfect. You're not going to hire an artist for a million dollars that's going to get exactly what you want anyway. And it doesn't mean that it's going to attract enough people to, to check out your book anyway. That's other marketing ways that you might be able to get that done. It's necessary to have it, but to quibble on, I don't want to want something published until I have the perfect artwork. Again, it's about the words. It's not about the images. Okay, it's not about whatever your your imagination says uh, uh, this picture is supposed to look like. Because if I don't have this cherry on top of my ice cream, I can't eat my ice cream. You hear how silly that sounds? It it, it almost sounds like something that's juvenile. It doesn't sound adult. It doesn't sound like a professional writer. It just sounds completely silly. And you get people that get trapped up in this stuff all the time. I haven't made this public, but I've had at least two people, because I get a lot of comments about how the artwork really complements the writing that I help publish in my uh, literary journal, Aerial Chart. I've had at least two people tell me I don't like the art. One person said, "If I don't change it, I, I can't let the or I can't let my poem continue." I, I gave it back to them. Have a good day. Maybe somebody else will put up with that nonsense. But someone gave you a chance to get your work out there and you're worried about some stupid image. Remember, folks, I just put it out there as a compliment to help market the magazine so that the work can, can be that much more uh, interesting and intriguing for the reader. That's it. Beyond that, I don't put a whole lot of thought into it. I, I tell people this all the time. They don't believe me. I don't have an eye for art, and I don't. Uh, put lots of thought and stock into it. I try to do whatever I can to line up the best I can, and I go about my business. That's what I do. You know, I don't grab just anything. I, I mean, it makes no sense if you got a, you know, somebody giving you a poem about a bird and you, you're putting a, a frog in there or something. Don't get me wrong. I'm not stupid. I'm not going to do something that just makes no sense. But, again, I'm there for the writing. I'm having the readers, they're reading it. They're not checking the art out. That's not whether they're calling an aerial chart. I can't wait to see some more art. We're not an art magazine. We're a literary magazine because it's about the words. Now, I've encountered countless people, and I'll probably encounter countless more, that tell me, I'm not sure if I can continue as a writer because my feelings keep getting in the way. Oh, really? Have you ever had a regular job? Uh, that you don't like, but it pays the bills. Your feelings are getting away or not? Are you stopping that? No. Okay. <laughs> you might you might be around family members sometimes that you wouldn't mind throwing out the window, but you know you got to like deal with that too, even if it is, but for a few hours. Writing is no different. 
if you say it's a priority, well, then you have to make it a priority. That means sometimes you're writing or editing when you don't physically feel your best. When you don't emotionally really have the energy to continue. When you might not be psychologically ready to do something, but you noticed you got a few hours in a day where you know you could be getting something done. That's where discipline comes in. That's when your own sense of professionalism comes in. That's when you're making writing a priority because it's about the words. It's not about your feelings. I'm not saying don't be human. I'm not saying you have to be a robot. But I am saying that as a human, you got to be able to figure out ways to govern them. you got to be able to control them to a certain extent so you can get certain things done. You do that in other parts of your life, why is writing any different? It shouldn't be. For, for me, I, I find that is it's just another one of those excuses. Like the images. It doesn't fit. I don't know if I can continue. To me, it's just an, it's just an excuse for, for people that are not ready to have their work out there. For whatever reason, I don't know. But, you know, you might as well just say that then if that's the truth. You know, I'm not ready for it to be out there yet. Okay, great. So you don't have to, you know, bore us with the feelings thing or the image thing. All right? Because that, that would be a lot more helpful if you're actually just honest. Now, what else we got next here? Okay, yeah. One of my, uh, one of my favorite things. You know, I'm not really sure how um, I'm going to fit my time into writing with my busy schedule in my life. Well, just like anything else, if it's important, you will find a way to time management. Okay? You will find a way. I give you a lot of ideas. Some of them sound weird, but I, I give you example. Sometimes you sit down and you have to go to the bathroom. You could be in there a little while. Why not have your phone and put down some notes? Review some stuff. There's time right there. You have time on the train or the bus. There's time right there. You might be uh, carpooling with somebody. There goes some time right there. Your lunch. I mean, you don't always have to be jibber-jabbing with, with employees you don't care about anyway for an hour. Why not sit there by yourself and get something done? You have time at night when everybody's sleeping. That's a good time to do that as well. It's like anything else. If it's a priority, if you want it to be something that's in your life, then you got to fit it in. It's not gonna. The life's not gonna suddenly open up avenues for you. Come now, you can write. It doesn't work that way. You have to make it happen. All right. It, to me, that that I can't find any time. It's the same excuse for people who are overweight. I don't know how I'm gonna fit in cooking a different type of healthy meal and and, and doing some exercise. Really, you know how they can fit that in? Uh, the time you were wasting going to McDonald's to get the crappy food that made you fat in the first place, there's some time right there you could be using. And then the other time of watching a stupid show that, that really no one cares about, including yourself, put those two together. There you go. You, you, you got an hour right there to prepare some food and, and do a half an hour run. You do that every day properly, okay? There's your hour right there. In a couple of weeks, you're going to notice some weight loss. A couple of weeks, your metabolism is going to start revving up. Things are going to start happening for you. You're going to go to the bathroom more often and, and, and more regularly. You go. Your system is going to go back onto the track of where it needs to be. There you go. Did that sound uncomplicated? Did you need a $25 book from Amazon? Huh? Did you need some diet coach? Huh? Do you need to hang out with Oprah? Who, I don't know why she even talks about dieting because, you know, apparently um, she goes on and off of it like a yo-yo. But nevertheless... There you go. I just gave you a, a good solution on what to do. 
A lot of life's problems isn't that complicated. What's complicated is the people making all these silly excuses. Because they don't want to do the work. Because guess what? Dieting and running to lose weight, that's work. Just like writing, it's work. And some people are like, ah, it's a lot of work. Well, we do work for all kinds of things. Why not do some work for things that can not only psychologically and, and maybe even emotionally fulfill us, but artistically put us out there so that other people can see what we're doing, so we can communicate our thoughts and feelings. That takes a little time. That takes some time management. That takes some work. Yeah, that even takes some uh, organization. But hey, because it's about the words, you're going to find a way to do all this. It's not It's not terribly complicated. Gave you a bunch of a really a, a good suggestions over there. I come across people that said that um, they thought their, um, I know this sounds unusual, but they thought that their, their physical well-being because of their disabled in one fashion or another, you know, that's a problem. You know, we got people playing violins in wheelchairs because their legs don't work. So, they can play a violin and then you could write. And people can write when they're deaf. People can write when when they're blind. And now, guess what? You can even write if you don't even have access to your arms. Because now that they have various programs that you can speak into. So, you can start creating things right there. You can do editing. You can do all kinds of things. They're very similar to the ones that Stephen Hawking used for many years to communicate to people. But it, it, you can arrange stuff, you can organize it, you can get it print out, you can automatically send it out on the internet, all on one device. So there's simply a million things that you can do out there, no matter what your, your physical well-being is, in order to write if you want to make that so. Because that's the whole point. Yeah, it is about the words, but guess what? It's also about the the writer. Does the writer care to be a writer? We got too many people out there that they just thought it was a cool tagline. It makes them sound smart and and cool. Well, you're not all that smart and cool if you're not out there doing some work to get your writing out there, to get it accomplished. It does take time. Yeah, it does take some energy. Definitely takes some some work, but Words can be beautiful when you, when you play with them and figure out where they go and what they should do and, and what kind of impact you, you, you want them to have. To me, they're, they're much more interesting than listening to the tones of a guitar or the keys of a, of a piano. The, you know, the bongos and the drums. They're more, much more interesting than that because and, and I'm sure it's just because I'm not a musician, and that's fine. I, I'm allowed to have my bias. My bias is the writing. But uh, there's a time after a while where, to me, music starts sounding the same. You know? I, I call it the Phil Collins effect. I, I hear five songs from him. He sounds the same every song. After a while, I want to fall asleep. And, and music, to me, is like that a lot, too. After a while, it's like, uh, I thought I heard this already. Because you start listening to it enough, you, you hear the, you know, the habits and, and, and the things that that musician likes to do on a regular basis. And you hear it in different songs that they do. And you, next thing you know, you, you, you're now kind of like, you're kind of like trapped in that. Words are not the same, though. Because they're telling a point of view. 
or they're explaining a situation or they're revealing an interesting factor. They're giving you an entire landscape for a story. That could be different from other things you read before, particularly because each person that writes the imprint of their personality, their talent, even their character gets transmitted into that work. Now, I'm not saying that that doesn't happen with music. I'm just saying that I think it's harder to do to get really that distinctive in, in, in your music as it is in writing. You really can tell a difference in writing. You could take the name off of it so you don't know who the writer is and you could put 10 pieces together and, and really easily tell that that's 10 different people that wrote that. It wasn't the same person that wrote, you know, 10 different things. So it's not, it's not that difficult to do. And what's really important is because we're able to do this and because we're able to manipulate and control and rearrange sometimes even out of the blue sometimes just because the muse has caught us you know it makes it makes beautiful artistic things happen and I always found and I know a lot of people are very enamored about paintings and photographs things like that because you know imagery oftentimes can translate you know, on an international basis. I mean, you you write a poem, no matter how good it is in English, you know, that French person who doesn't really have a good command of English is it's going to be scratching her head. No different than the person in Africa or the other person over in Ukraine. I got that. Where, you know, a piece of music or even a painting, they don't need to know the language that you speak normally because it's no longer uh, necessary whatever you've done is now translated over into many cultures and languages that's what makes those forms important that's what makes them them vital but in the end i say writing gives us the fullest uh, the, the fullest i feel form of art to really fill our minds and, and our imagination I, again, I can be biased, but I don't know lots of people that look at a painting and then go home and they're dreaming about it when they go to sleep. Well, not really. But they might read something that really sticks with them. They could be dreaming about it, thinking about it. Same thing with music. You don't get too many people that listen to something that's snapping their fingers, having fun with it, and then, you know, they shut that off and they go to bed and they're not up two in the morning. There's that song again. Uh, not really. Those things don't work that way. They might they might translate internationally, but they don't really translate in the same way, you know, psychologically as writing does. So what we do, I feel, in many ways, is an enormous service to art and to the world. And in many ways, it, it also serves the other art forms because you can write a review, an essay review of a painting, you know, or a piece of music. You know, whether it's a concert or an orchestra or an opera, and and again, add an extra layer of uh, of comprehension and and appreciation and respect to those other things, because you can't have a review of an opera from an opera singer. They can't sing. I love this so much. Doesn't work that way. Just like you can't paint a review of a of a painting. 
It needs words. So again, words, because it's about the words, can go in many, many places and do many things where I feel in many instances, whether it's the sculpture or the metal work or the painting or the the flute playing, I feel that it has certain limitations that writing doesn't. And that's why I feel that it's the hardest of, of all the of all the forms of, of art. And it, and it takes the most work, I feel, in many instances to do. And this is why I can be more critical than anyone else where it concerns that because I I I, I, just, I find it more than disconcerting. I find it deeply saddening that you have folks that they don't appreciate their talents. They don't appreciate the work that's necessary. They don't appreciate anything. You know, even the ones that are naturally talented, and then they send me a poem that or, or an essay that the the title is atrocious. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. He spent all his time putting, putting together something that wonderful, and then the, the title is not even worth a half a cent. Don't give me a $3 poem with a half a cent title. This is not going to work. It's like they gave up. I'm done. Oof, here. I, I call this poem Daytime. You know? I call this essay Walking Across the Street. Yeah, okay. That's not going to help anyone, including me, because I'm going to be talking about what are you doing? It's about the words, folks. You can sit around all day doing work that you don't appreciate, that you don't like, and just literally daydream about the things you want to write about, you want to talk about, you want the world to know about. Because, uh, you know, sorting mail out in, in, in some room in, in some mail facility not exactly, uh, you know, pulling uh, the uh, the artistic cords for, for the for the for the future. I'm not saying that the job doesn't have merit, that it doesn't have importance, because it does. We all want our mail. You need somebody to do that. But ask the garbage man too. I need my garbage to get picked up every week. But you know, I'm sure he's not going home saying, "Man, that was so great how I got that garbage into that truck." Uh, not really. This, they do what they got to do. It's necessary. So there really is something uh, profound about writing. It, it, it's definitely a, a gift. If you believe in God, it could be from God. You could believe in this karma or the cosmic forces out there. But it's extraordinarily special. And I like people to take it more seriously and not let these silly things get in the way because if they're really getting in the way then maybe this is not really something that's for you maybe just really not that interested because it shouldn't be in the way of anything and i'll tell you a story about somebody i got a a poem from somebody a couple years back and one of the first things they said in the, in the email was is that you know i'm, I'm artistic on a different part of the spectrum i don't fully understand all of that spectrum artistic stuff other than i believe that it means that some are more severe than others or some have more abilities in different areas than others something along that line i believe that's what the whole spectrum is but they said that they they uh, been working on you know writing it and they like that uh, to be uh, considered like anyone else well it, it, uh, other than a couple of little adjustments and a little bit of you know, uh, grammar corrections, uh, it was a suitable poem. 
I was happy to do it. Happy to get it out there. I, I, I find something like that exciting. In many ways, I, I find it humbling, too, because, you know, we take so much, you know, as, as people who don't have physical ailments or, or don't have psychological, you know, restrictions or like, like, uh, like somebody with autism. You know, we take so much of that for granted. And there's over here somebody that's making a real effort at it, making it a real project for themselves. I think that's great. And I'm really happy to, to be able to, you know, to aid in, in that kind of effort. Now, does it make me feel like a, you know, an editor out there? It also makes me feel like a, he's, he's a human that's trying to help another human. Sometimes writing can just do that. It can help you. And then if it makes a connection with somebody, it can help them. I'm not to say other arts don't do the same thing. But truly, writing is so multidimensional. And it has so many facets to it. And I'm sure that we'll get more and more writing as the time goes by from people in, in, in different, different walks of life and even different uh, abilities. And, and, I, and I'm all fine with that. I, I think I got uh, a publisher work from a short, a short story from somebody that was uh, in the, the transgender uh, transition. I think that's what they called. You know, and even though the story itself didn't have real elements of that that was going on in their life, they just mentioned that in their bio. I'm sure eventually that's probably going to come up. This one was more about their childhood, but that'll come up too. And as long as it has artistic merit and as long as it has a you know a measure of comprehension that we can all at least try to understand and, and, and some compassion you know and maybe even some humor I mean I'm looking forward to publishing that as well doesn't doesn't bother me uh, one bit because writing has to be about all of us and all the things that are happening in, in the world it can't just be about one group or one profession or one one substrata of thinking it has to be about all the things that are out there because that's how it stays fresh and that's how it stays alive that's how it moves forward into the future that we can write about rockets and spaceships and planets and travel and you know i was just reading about the first helicopter flight on mars first flying vehicle on another planet you know it's, it, it sounds like a, a TV show we watched the other day but now it's real right there in front of our eyes and of course there'll be stories written about it and of course we plan to do more and I think that's great help some folks to explore space but that's really what we do folks too as writers as we're explorers too and not just explorers of the ocean or, or in the space of our, of our bodies. We can be explorers of outer space too with our writing. I mean, you think about it. Arthur C. Clarke, I mean, he was writing about satellites going across the, you know, the earth doing communications and all that GPS stuff way before they even came out. And he was writing about artificial intelligence going wrong before that became a more common, uh, you know, refrain in society. Because he could take his thinking and his imagination and his writing 
and make it make it real make it bring us the future right now so to speak and that's what makes writing and also makes him as a writer you know so so darn interesting is because when a person does that with their words it just shows you what they were thinking in their mind and maybe what they were seeing in their minds maybe it's a way to transport their dream you know into into a, a page that we can now all experience we can all share that's what i like about writing in the world that where we still don't have enough people that share things whether that be water food or ways to have peace you know or even you know technology to grow better food or something we need to do more of that we don't do enough of that in the world sharing writing is really one of the ultimate ways to share things and if we can learn to share that then what more what, what can we share to make the place better to make it more humane and, and refreshing and to make it more safe in many ways I think it's pretty uh, incredible when you think about that that's what writing can do because when we make it about the words well then we're trading in the craft that we should be doing all along because it's that feeling really deep inside that says you know I have to put this together so that it, it lines up with what I was thinking before or what I was feeling before or what I was tormented about before or maybe what I was dreaming before or possibly what I was bad dreaming about before so that folks can also experience what I'm going through because if you think about it writing is, is really the perfect uh, I, I feel example of getting your, getting your thoughts out and maybe even your, your emotions out in a way that's constructed that it just doesn't sound like it's rambling. That this doesn't sound like it's out of the blue somewhere. You don't sound like, you know, you're frantic. It's an organized way to be to be powerful in your voice. In many ways, for many people who are shy, or who are people who just don't want to make social contact, they're not very social. I don't mean necessarily that they're antisocial. They're just not comfortable. Writing could be the ultimate form of communication for them. It might be the only form of communication for many people. And if you think about it, in the end, I don't know if the world gets destroyed by, by viruses or nuclear war or an asteroid. You know, but I like to think that Throughout that destruction, they're not going to find many recordings of music or violins. Then they're not going to be able to find anything suitable to look at for paintings because they're going to be all melted or ruined. But they might find a book or two. They'll tell them something about who we were as people before we got stupid and, 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 and jumped off the cliff. So we still have a way with our words to speak to the future, even if the future is bleak. Even if the future is people visiting us from other planets. And there's not many of us left because we're not too sharp about how to continue on. But I also like to think too that maybe writing is a way to instill in people a hope that we can make it better. And we can make the future more more bright. And, and we can make a contact with other things out there. 
you know, more substantial so that we can we can learn from others instead of being afraid. All right, folks, until next time, that was episode 195. It's about the words because, hey, it is about the words. God bless and take care. This is Mark Antiwasi, Strength to be Human. Thank you for listening. Follow the show and support our efforts by visiting our sponsors at www.strengthtobehuman.com or purchasing an ebook at www.somapublishing.com.